Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago. With a second location at 2015 Ridge Road in Homewood, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, children's books, and bestsellers. For more information and upcoming events, please visit bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Okay, so the new album you guys have out is entitled Abyss, and it's a concept album that comes from the last album you put out, which was Apex. Would you like to expand a little bit further on that and just kind of like talk about the general theme or how like story-wise the last album differs from this one sure so yeah apex and abyss i wrote the the story for both of them at the same time back in 2016 and abyss is the sequel to apex and we kind of were running out of time a little bit at the beginning there so instead of putting them out together as we had sort of originally intended we decided to just focus on apex and then we pushed abyss aside for a couple of years. And we just wrote Apex in 2016, put that out in 2017. And then in 2019, we sat down and wrote all the music for Abyss. Mm-hmm. And so the story is about uh, our protagonist, who we call the Immortal. And the Immortal is cursed to serve whoever awakens him. And in Apex, he was awakened by our antagonist, who we call the Matriarch. And she tasked him with doing some horrible things and was a typical villain Mm -hmm. had promised to free him from his curse at the end of it all, but uh, betrayed him at the end and sent him back to sleep until she had need of him again. Fast forward a few decades in abyss, the immortal wakes up on a ship out in space by himself. The matriarch is nowhere to be seen. And he actually discovers that his new master is the grandson of the matriarch and the grandson has stolen the immortal from the matriarch so that he can use him against her to defeat her and to rid the universe of her evil once and for all. Um, and it was very different from Apex in that we there were two different settings. Apex is a very grounded and dark and heavy record. A little bit of despair happening there just because of the immortal's unfortunate circumstances. And Abyss is quite a bit brighter And we added synth to the record to give it a little bit more of an ethereal, otherworldly sound because it does take place out in space. But also the immortal is in a a better headspace there. He kind of can see freedom. It's so close he can touch it. And it's just a happier record overall in general. And we really wanted them to be two parts of one whole, but also to be very separate records, very different from one another. So... I think we managed to accomplish that. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. There's just like so much there. Are you at least pondering the idea of making like a graphic novel out of it or like a written form of the story or even just making mm-hmm. it like, you know, just doing something totally separate from Unleash the Archers concept records and having that like storyteller, story writing, novelist approach to music and then just doing that in its own way? Yes, definitely. I've already started working with an artist on a graphic novel set. So it'll probably be one novel for Apex, one novel for Abyss. And then if those go over really well, I have ideas for the 
prequel origin story and then maybe a few for afterwards because I left the ending of Abyss. I mean, the saga of the matriarch and the immortal is over, but the immortal is now free and has a whole new path laid out in front of him. So there's a lot that can be done with that. I just left it so that we could come back to it if we wanted to. But yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to writing it all out and doing it in graphic novel format so that the fans can see everything the way I see it <laughs> in my in my head. It's kind of hard to, to convey everything in music. I mean, there's a lot of fun, but you have to be very selective about what you say and how you say it. So I think it's going to be a really fun time to just be able to put it all out there in words. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just because of that, I have to ask, are you a Coheed and Cambria fan or at least are you familiar with that band? <laughs> I am familiar with them, yes, but I'm I, I'm not a huge fan. I haven't really been able to get into them. Sometimes with bands, it's just it needs to be a particular moment. You know, Absolutely. you've got to be in the right headspace to listen to them. And it took me years to get into Blind Guardian. I would constantly go back to them, you know, every once in a while and just be like, okay, maybe now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just constantly had fans like telling me oh my God, you must listen to Blind Guardian, right? And it's like, no, I've never, like, I just can't. And they're just amazed because that music reminds them so much of it. But like, finally, last year, I was like, oh, I get it. And, you know, so maybe that'll happen for Coheed one day as well. Absolutely. They're another one of those bands that have a very story-driven sound to them, and they have like a graphic novel next to them. So Mm -hmm. those two things link in my head. But you're a very heavy storyteller, and this is something that you have a particular interest in that you've combined with music. Do you have any non-musical influences, like novels or TV shows or visual artists or authors? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm a huge reader, and I love movies, and I love video games, and the inspiration really comes from everywhere. So in the middle of six different comic books right now, <laughs> so <laughs> it's constant, so the inspiration, yeah, definitely comes from everywhere. And the characters really were the biggest inspiration for the story. Once I figured out who the immortal is and who the matriarch is as people and how they would interact with one another, that's kind of where how the story came about mm-hmm. between them. But the matriarch was inspired by Bav Morda from Willow, mm. who's like one of the greatest fantasy villains of all time. But also just women in general because power hungry women can be very scary so that's <laughs> that's where that came from and then the immortal was inspired by a character from a comic book series called east of west and he was kind of a side character but it seems to be that the series is focusing on him quite a bit more these days but back when i started writing this story he was just a side character he was a lone wolf type nomadic stoic quiet off to the side kind of person and I really thought that'd be a cool protagonist for a story just to have this sort of guy that goes with the flow and doesn't have much to say but he's insanely powerful and strong so that was really where that came from absolutely very cool I guess the next thing I kind of want to get into is the more instrumental side of things because I've heard that it's a much more happy and I guess like quote unquote uplifting sound for this one. And you guys have incorporated more like synth wave influence. Would the synth wave influence come more from you or from the other members of the band? Are you a particular fan of that sound or was that more of like an idea that kind of came from one of the other members? 
No, we're all into synthwave. Okay. All of us. We constantly are listening to it on the road. And actually, our merch guy that we brought on our 2018 tour um, posted in the Unleash Archers fan page afterwards. He was like, I just wanted to let you all know that they don't even listen to metal on the road. It's all electronic music. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like funny. We're like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, no. He's like revealing a big secret, but it's just like, no way, man. Like Perturbator and Carpenter Brute and... Um, you know, there's just there's so many that are so awesome and still they're super heavy so uh, right. i think they kind of go hand in hand but yeah, yeah we all listen to it and we all agreed um i you know i wrote the story behind these two records like like i said back in 2016 so we knew that it was going to be taking place out in space for this one and so mm-hmm. when we sat down to actually write it everyone was like we're putting synth on this right right mm-hmm. right yeah okay as we all knew and we all agreed without even needing to talk about it. So it was a way to, yeah, make it that otherworldly sound. And it really did brighten up the record. It's a, it's a much happier kind of album. So that really helped in doing that for sure. And it was just important to us that we get some of that synthwave influence in there because we all listen to so much of it these days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think just electronic music in general tends to have a large appeal to metal fans and musicians. One example of that would be Fenris from Dark Throne. He either has like a techno side project or he has a, a radio show that he does because he already does a metal radio show, but I think he does a techno radio show or something. I would have to do more research That's on awesome. that, but it's just something I picked up. Yeah, the, the first time we ever went to an electronic show, we went to carpenter brute and i wasn't even really listening to them at the time but a band that we really loved called magic sword was opening you know we were just going for magic sword and they're very metal infused they have a drummer they have a guitar player up there and they're kind of like half and half and then when we went to the show thinking that it was going to be like two weird metalheads out in the middle of nowhere the whole crowd was metalheads we knew everyone there we were just like oh my god People that listen to synthwave are metalheads. Yeah, <laughs> just, really. It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. Is it particularly popular where you're from, like being from the Vancouver area and West Coast Canada? Or is it something that you've noticed has a more small niche thing, but you just know the people in your area who like it? Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not too sure. I mean, there were definitely people that weren't in the metal scene at the show, <laughs> like for right, sure. Yeah. But um, I just think it appeals to that same side of us that loves heavy double bass and distorted guitars and has that same feeling a little bit. So, yes, there's elements of it that speak to that part of us. There's some weird connection there, but I think synthwave in general is just really growing as a genre. And it's awesome to see because there's some amazing artists out there that are super talented and all they need is a computer. And it's just so there's so much freedom in the writing process with that. You don't have to think of the opinions of five other members of your band or whatever, you know, it's just kind of what your vision is. You can see it come to fruition fully and it's super cool. And it's awesome to watch as well. Andrew streams on Twitch and writes electronic music. And Mm. it's such an interesting process watching him do it. And it's just amazing. It's just like a freaking well, he's a pro at Pro Tools and just yeah. sliding along there, putting notes here and there and changing it to this instrument and that instrument and stuff. It's just really cool. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very perplexing process, if uh, you will. But I guess the next thing I want to get into is how the whole COVID-19 pandemic has affected you and the band. Kind of like what shifts you guys have had to make, because every band is talking about how it's totally different now, because there are some bands that just relied so heavily on being on the road Mm -hmm. and just kind of building their career that way. And then they found that through this, they have to shift online. So it like it kind of forces them out of their comfort zone, which can be good in some ways, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a difficult shift for some. Personally, I think you guys have been (laughs) killing it, actually, because you've uploaded a lot of new content over the past few months. But I'd like for you to expand on that. How has it, like, personally affected you and the rest of the members? Well, when it first happened, it was really bad because we were on tour at the time. Mm -hmm. And we were, like, four or five shows in, and we woke up in Minneapolis, and everything was shut down. And it was like, show's canceled. You can't come in here. Mm -hmm. Go home. And so we were just kind of like, what? Oh, oh, no. And we were thousands of dollars in debt. And, you know, you need the tour to pay off the tour. Right, yeah. So, yeah, it was really hard for a while there. And, yeah, we had to innovate. I mean, we've always been good at connecting with our fans online. Social media is really important in this day and age Mm -hmm. and very communicative on there. So it wasn't really too much change in that way. But we just kind of doubled our efforts and really were reaching out to everyone and letting them know how we were doing and what was going on and very transparent about things. So, uh, but yeah, the, I think honestly, the fact that we have an album to release has really helped mm-hmm. because we have so much to do, whereas other bands, you know, are kind of scrambling for things to put out, things to keep themselves top of mind and kind of keep them in front of the fans. So we're really lucky in that, that we, you know, we have music videos that we have to put out and we have all these interviews lined up and and we were already going to do an album release show. So we just moved it to a live stream, you know, and it was just a lot of kind of things happened to line up for us. And I think, honestly, we were really lucky that this was this kind of time when everyone's so hungry for new music. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just been waiting there patiently for us to put the album out. So, I mean, it's horrible. It's totally, totally sucky that we can't hit the road. But it also, yeah, has really brought a lot of focus to the album that I think maybe wouldn't have been there before. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You guys have also put out like a a few new music videos too, kind of like during this time. They've come out more recently. Are you the ones who come up with the music videos or is it kind of more based off of another artist or filmmaker that you guys collaborate with? Do you guys have a hand in the creation of it or the way it looks? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. We're we're there, right there. And we always work with the director as well. We come to them with an idea and we say, this is what we want to do. And then they say, oh, yep, we can do that. Or no, we can't do that. Or this is impossible. Or this will cost too much money or that kind of thing. And we just work hand in hand, basically, throughout the whole process. And they do their best to bring our ideas to life, but also put their own ideas in there as well, because they're just as much a part of the creation process as we are. So it's a lot of fun. It's music videos are, you know, one of our favorite things to do. They're one of the hardest things to do, time consuming for sure. But it's one of our favorites because you really get to see who we are as the imagery. And that's our chance to portray to everyone who we are as people and our ideas and how we feel about music, basically. So uh, you can take that many ways, looking at all the videos that we've put out. Mm -hmm. We're either super curious or either total goofballs. So, yeah. 
we're always trying to come up with something new. We don't want to do the same music video over and over again. And we certainly don't want to bore people with the videos. We want it to be something engaging and something worth watching over and over again. So that's, we always put a lot of effort into them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One more thing kind of based off of that, because especially for a metal band, you guys have been doing pretty well with the music videos and it's garnered a lot of attention. Would you guys say that you find that you're a little bit more popular in places outside of Canada or the States? Do you find that fans are Mm -hmm. uh, different in places like Europe or even Japan? Yeah, no, I get it. It's not. No, honestly, I think our our best crowd is right here in in North America, Canada and, and America. Yeah, I think we have the most fans right here. It's it's really funny because we have like a European sound, so everyone thinks we're super popular over in Europe, but they have no idea who we are. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Uh, uh, yeah, so no, I'd probably say um, we have the most interaction, at least with fans here in North America. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I hear it from a lot of other metal bands that touring in America and touring in Europe are like two totally different experiences, or even like bands will gain attention from going and touring in Europe and then they'll get it back in the States or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a curious question. Uh, I won't keep you a whole lot longer. I've only got one question left for you, and that is what does college radio mean to you since we are a college radio station? How has college radio impacted your career? How has it impacted your life, the way you see the world, the way you listen to music, Uh, just anything? Well, they've been there for us since the very beginning, I'll tell you that. When we first put out our first album, College Radio was where it got traction. College Radio was where we got our shows from. It was where our first interviews were when we were on the road. No one else paid any attention to us. So uh, that was how a lot of people discovered us. And yeah, we'll always have a special place in our hearts for College Radio because it's, you know, it's where it all started. And we looked at those charts before we looked anywhere else ever, you know, when we drop a new record. So yeah, it's, it's super important. Absolutely. Well, that's all I've got for you. Thank you so much for calling in and uh, doing the interview with me. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, wxav.com, for more information on your escape from Ordinary Radio.